Welcome to The Quiet Life. I'm Michael James Wong, author, educator, meditator, and your host for the show. This is a podcast for powerful conversations that celebrate what it means to be human. Join me each week as I speak to inspiring and insightful guests about their life, what they've learned, and what they've left behind on their way to a more mindful way of living, and discover their personal experiences that have helped shape their lives for the better. Listen in and find your way to a quiet life. This week on The Quiet Life, what does gentleness mean to you? How do you define that? I think gentleness is both inwards and outwards. You have to be gentle with yourself to enable yourself to be gentle to others and kind. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of The Quiet Life. Uh, I'm your host as always, Michael James Wong. And this week I'm welcoming in Danielle Pizer, who's joining me, who's a dancer, personal trainer, lifestyle blogger, amongst uh, uh, a slew of amazing things where she shares a lot with different communities. Danielle, welcome, how are you? I'm good, thank you. That was a lovely intro, so thank you for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Oh, great. I mean, it's actually quite funny as well, because, you know, you know, at the top of every podcast, I guess, like every conversation, I do my best to kind of share a little bit of insight or uh, a little bit of kind of awareness about people and what they do. But actually, what's I find really more interesting and a big part of what we do at Just Breathe is I actually was going to ask you uh, if you might be up for introducing yourself, but doing it in a way where I'd love you for you to share who you are, not what you do. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, it's weird because I'm obviously so used to kind of the intro that you gave. I am this slash that slash that. But ultimately, I am a 32 year old female living in London, trying to create a life um, that I get the most enjoyment out of by including all of the things that I love doing the most. And then my way of kind of, I guess, giving back is by sharing that with everyone ultimately that's what I do without kind of putting any I am a personal trainer or I am a dancer I am just trying to create a happy life for myself and in doing that just sharing it with with everyone also the trials and tribulations as well that definitely have uh, I've come across over the years but for the most part I I just feel as though if you put out positivity you'll get it back so that is what I would say my my sole purpose is and I'm kind of just on that road right now yeah, wicked. I mean, and what I really love love about that is that there is an honesty of kind of this is who I am. This is where I can be. And actually, for you guys who are listening, if you heard a few weeks ago, we were talking to Dr. Rupi Ajla about very similar things. That it feels that you know the way that that you live your life is about supporting community, being of service, trying to be as human as possible. You know, for lack of a better way. Yeah, absolutely. I think. You know, I've been on social media now for this, I think will be like my eighth year in terms of working on several platforms. So I have really seen the change over those eight years of how it's grown and the things that you used to put up. And I used to very much be one of those people that would show what I thought people wanted to see in terms of that picture perfect ideal of of what life should be. And, you know, because that's kind of what I tried to project out to the world. And it actually found me in a really, really dark negative place personally because I was trying so hard to convince other people that I was this type of person without actually kind of looking inward and discovering who I wanted to be for myself rather than 
all of these people that were kind of viewing my life through a screen. And that's why I think over the last, I mean, I would only say maybe like two to three years have I really switched and, and I've noticed the change, not only in my own mindset, but also the response that I'm getting from other people and, and their relatability to me, which for me is so rewarding because actually in my own journey, I've been able to maybe help other people as well, mm. just naturally, which is, has been incredible just in purely in just being the most pure version of a human I can be. Yeah. You know, what I really was looking forward to, and I think this is going to be at the heart of what we talk about is, is very much what you're saying is that there's a lot of stuff out there in the world that whether it's the stuff you put out, the stuff I put out, the, the stuff that we all project and everyone can relate to this, all stuff we project out into the world to create this sense of who we are or the identity that we keep or the qualities that we have. But at the same time, sometimes that is, you know, it, it, in many ways, more work than actually just being ourselves. I mean, in your experience with this, and whether it is kind of your, I guess, social media work or your dancing stuff, or just just generally growing up, I mean, what have pe- what have, what are things that people just assume about you, even the people that, you know that don't know you? Um, I think the most common thing that I get is people assume I'm going to be a real bitch, and then they meet me and they're like, "Oh, you're actually really nice." Yeah. which I mean I have to put that down to like just my rest my natural resting place it probably I probably just okay. don't give off a great expression you know some people just always look really happy and I'm very good at just giving you a deadpan face um, because I'm also quite sarcastic so I know yeah. that sometimes with language that can maybe sure. be a little bit misconstrued I've also been told a lot I think more in the last year that people think I'm really confident and I, I get why people say that mm. but it's my job to you know present what I know in a specific way but actually when I tell you I am so painfully shy when I first meet people I was that kid growing up I would latch onto my mum's leg she could not leave me anywhere I hated going to you know childhood friends birthday parties because I, I didn't want to talk to anyone plus I have an older sister who's very bossy and I would just follow her around so naturally growing up I was, and I think I still am quite an introverted person. And a lot of people assume that I've got this exuberance and this confidence, yeah. um, which I think maybe is, is a nice thing. Why I, I take it as a compliment because, you know, the fact that I'm able to present this um, side of myself and kind of not allow my, I guess, inner critic and any insecurities to overtake the message that I want to give that for me is is massive because there would have been a time where that inner voice was so loud that I just wouldn't be able to do anything. And I, it's kind of a personal achievement that I can quieten that, sure. that negative side of my brain to, mm. to allow my message to come across. Absolutely. I mean, but, but that sense of confidence that maybe people assume or maybe people just take away from you. I mean, where does that come from? Is that uh, I guess a skill set you put on, or is it just kind of another aspect of your personality that is is used at at the right times? I think I probably have to put that down to dancing. Okay. You know, I, I started dancing when I was two. I mean, we say dancing. I was obviously just running around, yeah, wiggling around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just doing a little wiggle. Um, and then it was the hobby that always stuck. So all the way through school, I left school at 16 and I pursued a, a career or a, a training course in ballet. That was what I was going to do. It was, it was going to be ballet. And I always knew that I was really good at ballet, like mainly because other people would tell me I was. So sure. cool. You've told me I'm good at ballet. That's what I'm going to do then. Again, that kind of shyness. I wasn't confident enough to say 
I want to do ballet. It was, oh, everyone's told me I'm good at it. Yes. Therefore I should do it. It, it kind of came from that. And I think in doing that dance training, then I shifted due to an injury and I moved to more commercial dancing, which is where I met Erin, who's now one of my best friends and who I know that you know really well. And I think coming from that dance career where, you know, you look at us as dancers, as performers, and we do go onto the stage and we have to personify this character. And from that, I think I've got so used to I guess it's kind of how Beyonce says she's got her Sasha Fierce and then her Beyonce, you know, on, on a much smaller mm. level, but yeah, yeah, it is, course. it's a completely different character when you're on stage and you're playing the role of a dancer for X, Y, or Z, whoever it may be. Um, and I think that's where my ability to show confidence has come from. Even if on the inside, whilst I was doing certain routines and certain performances, I was a petrified mess my job was to not let the audience know that. And I think that that's the same now within social media, mm. even if internally I'm not feeling that great. I think on a lot of the days, I it's my job to be able to project positivity, hoping that it will then in turn come back and it will actually help me feel a lot more positive and a lot more confident. You know, having said that, there are definitely days when I just shut it all out and I need to just allow myself to be. But I think that's kind of where the the perception of confidence comes from with me from yeah. my dance dance discipline yeah and I think the way that you explain it actually for me really helps understand you right because I think what what I find is is a really a really special quality in that is that you see obviously you have yourself in reality you know moments of introvertedness moments of confidence uh moments of boldness and moments of quietness right and, and that that's every human right we're not we don't even need to label ourselves so specifically that i just do this or i just do this but also you know you you use your social media as a platform of your work as well as yourself right and and yeah. seeing yourself as you know being able to separate that is a really healthy thing as well to recognize that my work is to create the sense of positivity or perspective or confidence to share but it's not all of who i am but you also don't disillusion people by that you're not misleading people by that and i think that's really important because there is this world of everyone, what they see at face value, they assume is your everything, right? And yeah. this story of kind of how you grew up being a dancer and this sense of almost being told you were good or told you were valuable, right? Life, you know, normal things in the way life works is we're, we're valued by our worth. We're only as good as our output and these kind of things. And, you know, in the dance world, I'm sure it's a very hyper-stimulated version of that. But I mean, for people listening, they're going to be able to relate to that across the board, whether you're good at math, good at science, good at driving a car, good at dancing. At some point in your life, you've been told, hey, you're good at this. You should do more of that. Or you're good at this. This makes you better of a human being, right? Yeah. I mean, where does that where where does that go back to if you were kind of, you know, if you're putting yourself back into those earlier years when you're 16, 17, whatever, I mean, what's, you know, you know, for, for lack of a better cliche question, what's that conversation with yourself then? I think it comes down to when people are saying to me, oh, you're good at it. I have always been my own worst critic. And so when people are, are saying things like that, it took me a really long time 
even now to a certain extent to accept it you know even last year I went back to dance classes and um, I was like oh my god I absolutely I can't do this I can't do it. bear in mind I'm not even a professional dancer anymore I'm not a working dancer I'm purely now doing it for passion mm. um, but I also think that it did help that dance was I really enjoyed dancing as well you know so when people are told they're good at something great but if they don't enjoy it that for me I think is where the the conversation kind of really started because I I was fortunate that the thing that I was good at I also loved doing and I think that's probably the case for most people but it also might be the case that the thing that they're really good at they actually don't really enjoy they just happen to be really good yeah and you know those are the the people that I I don't want to say sympathize because I I don't think it's a, a negative thing but I think their journey is really interesting because actually it takes a lot to go against the grain of you're really, really good at that. Yeah, but I want to do that. I think that takes a, a lot more courage than what I, I did. I did what I was told I was good at and I enjoyed it. So it was kind of, it fitted together really easily for me. And I think maybe as I've got older and my choice to step away from dancing, I think that's where my courage kind of came in. And I really started to have those conversations with me. Like, what do I want to put out into the world? Who do I want to be? And that was only when I got to the age of like 28, 29. Yeah. And I'm only 32 now. So it wasn't that long ago that I was having these conversations. We put so much pressure on ourselves and on younger people to go, but what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. going, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I really don't know. So for me, I think I had those few different conversations. You're good at it and you enjoy it. Brilliant. Fast forward 10 years. Yeah, you're good at it. You've, you've done it as well. Kind of ticked off a lot of those boxes. Now what, who do you want to be? Yeah. Not what do you want to do? Like, who do you want to be? That was a really important yeah. question for me mm. in my late twenties. And I, I mean, I really, I, I think that that is hugely profound because people will relate to that on all levels of the spectrum, right? They're going to go, okay, well, I'm good at this. And so I've done that, but people go, oh, I'm really good at this, but I hate doing that. And I want to do this. Right. And so oftentimes passion and uh, skill set down a line, right? Or passion and purpose or progress, maybe progress is a better way to look at passion and progress down a line because you can progress through a career in academics or law, or you could be a doctor, but your passions might lie in dancing or gardening or knitting, you know, things yeah. that maybe at times society doesn't qualify as, as valuable as a career profession, or it doesn't match up when we look at kind of how we move through the world. And I think hearing what you're saying for me, it makes me think of a willingness to prioritize ourselves, to be kinder to ourselves, to be more gentle, right? Uh, you know, in most Western societies, life forces you into the fast lane, right? Yeah. Regardless of industry, profession, whatever. From the moment you can get to school or understand what your parents are saying, everyone's like, okay. You need to be a bit, you need to be smart really quickly. You need to be good at this really quickly. You need to do this and do this. And so we are put in this fast lane that says, go, 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 go. And maybe in a lot of ways, and this is very much the essence of this podcast is, you know, when we find ourselves in a place in life, maybe we mature a little bit more or we've had certain challenges or hardships, we start to realize or recognize that if we be, embody a bit more gentleness or start to see where there are places in our lives that are maybe not as much needed anymore, 
then maybe we just find something new that is, you know, a, a better feeling of what it means to be human. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. I kind of, I visualize a lot of kind of being on this roundabout that's going and everyone's on it. So you want to be on it because everyone is on it. Mm. And it's actually only when you kind of step off it, you realize you're, the roundabout is actually in the middle of an incredible world. But because you're on this roundabout going so fast, trying to keep up with everyone else that's on it, you're missing out on the beauty that actually, if you just yeah. step off, you go, oh, actually, this is equally as, as enjoyable, if not more. And I, I'm not you know, my brain isn't all over the place. I'm, I'm still kind of a sense of, of stillness. And that is something that I'm actually really trying to work on. Even at the moment, I feel like I'm, I'm finding that in terms of my personal offline life offline. Yeah. And in terms of, I have really kind of slowed down a lot. I mean, obviously everyone's had to, over sure, sure. Year, but even just internally for myself, my screen time, both TV and phone, you know, obviously going for walks is all we can do now anyway but actually the joy in it rather than that's all I can do so I've got to I I want to I enjoy doing that now but I'm still struggling a little bit when it comes to work in the sense of I am my own boss so I put this pressure on myself that I have to get everything done and why is my fitness method not as big as so-and-so's or why am I not putting out as much content as so-and-so that I need to work on and actually just think, right, one thing at a time, one day at a time, one piece of content at a time. That is something that, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of trying to work on yeah. um, and I'm not really succeeding, but I am seeing the positives that actually when I stop work, I'm really, I'm, I've kind of nailed my offline life mm. um, in terms of finding that quiet, yeah. you know, that, that quiet place and, and that stillness. And I think that's a really important, that acknowledgement as well, is that you're in this place of intention towards change or progress or evolution, whatever you want to call it. But but a lot of times, I'm not just speaking of you, or I'm speaking of myself and probably a lot of people listening, we we can we can too closely match intention versus execution or output. Like, oh, I want to make sure that I, you know, spend Sundays off the screen, off my phone and with family. But the moment you don't do that, you knock yourself over the head and you end up going 17 steps back. Right. And so it it stifles intention because we feel like we have these, you know, we set these objectives, goals, intentions. And when we don't meet or match them, then we not only set ourselves back, but in a lot of ways we harden ourselves up. Right. And we, we commiserate with ourselves of, Oh, I should have been better at this. And why didn't I do this? And then you, you know, you know, and then you look around, you see everyone else going, Oh, Sunday's <laughs> my holiday. And then you go, oh, and then right. We, we harden up and you get this, like any situation, we get tenser, tighter, everything goes up and in. So, so in that light for you, I mean, where, you know, and, and if I talk just quite specifically, like, how do you release that? How do you exhale through that? Like, what, what it's your method, because I know you're obviously a big one. What's your method for coming back to that place of gentleness, knowing that you'll inevitably harden up because it's life? Yeah, something that I have been advised of and taught quite recently is obviously writing things down, which I've, I've known for a long time. But writing, having a page in a, in a notebook or several pages called like the worry slot. Cool. And okay. ultimately is when you start to feel as though everything is kind of getting a little bit too much, you compartmentalize it and you write down, right, 
I'm stressed because I'm spending too much time on my phone or I'm annoyed because I said I would see this friend and I haven't had time to or I wanted to get out 10 pieces of content and I've only got out six and then you draw a line and on the other side of it you are reasoning with yourself so I'm stressed because I spent too much time on my phone what's the solution I'm going to try and cut that down by you know or increase my time offline by an hour like just small steps or I wanted to create 10 pieces of content I created six okay six is still better than none you know like kind of reasoning with yourself I've massively found that has helped not only obviously I guess reason with myself but also then be able to focus on the task at hand because I would have days I'd sit at my computer all day and I wouldn't really finish any task completely because I'd always be kind of sidetracked by this worry and this feeling of okay I need to rush through this so that I can then get onto that and I'm not okay well I'll I'll, I'll skip that for the minute. I'll finish that off in a minute and I'll start this next task. I'm one of those people that has a hundred tabs in that, in their head open at once. And I'm really working on closing those tabs and just having one or two open. I can really concentrate on completely. And I found that even just writing down, right, you're my worry, you're my stress. I am going to focus on you, but right now I'm doing this. Yeah. And that in itself has actually allowed me to kind of, just to release a little bit of that tension because my brain then sends a message to my body that, oh, okay, well, we can deal with this. Yeah. Well, we've got this, fine. Yeah, sure, let's relax. Let's, let's focus on this that you're doing now. That has been a massive help for me. Um, and I've only kind of started doing that over the, I would actually say maybe the last few weeks or months. Right. Before that, I, you know, it's, it's been trial and error, basically. And just to see what works sometimes, I felt okay. Sometimes you just yeah. you wake up and you just that you just can't. You just don't. Yeah, and and that's the thing. And then there, that's the, I find there's a there's a real honesty in that as well because sometimes we look at this as a bigger picture. If we have a million tabs open, sometimes the the tabs that make us the most frustrated or the fact that we are frustrated isn't actually the fact that you didn't get to you know finish that email you were writing or you didn't get to catch up with your friends. It's that feeling of something undone or something uh, not completed, yes. right? And so actually that becomes more of the misery than the yes. actual, I didn't get to send that one email, which is yeah. in a lot of ways worse. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's really interesting as well, purely because I think for myself and for a lot of people, that is the case that we harden up and we create this frustration, this stress, this tension because we are in a state of what we call experiencing doubts and living in that place as opposed to recognizing them, right? Uh, Becoming aware of them. And it's a bit like, okay, well, I'm scared of this because I haven't done that. Or I'm a bit, uh, a bit uncertain about that. But even the fact that we can go, oh, whoa, this is me just being a bit panicky. And yeah, I've, I've felt that before. I know that's a thing. And then, as you said, is having actions that actually move you forward, right? Because, you know, if you don't do anything, you're going to stay there, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, towards the end of last year, I, I did struggle quite a lot internally with just feeling quite low. And I, I guess along with the rest of the world, a little mm. bit lost and we couldn't see an end in sight. And, you know, I think going into 2021, we're still really, you know, in parts of the world can't really see an end in sight regardless of, of you know the the state of of progress in terms of you know in the medical world and, and whatever sure. but I 
I learned that actually the things I was saying last year when I would call my mom or my sister or my friends and go, I can't cope. I massively understand anyone that feels like they can't cope. I have really, really felt like that. But what I found helped me was saying, what can't I cope with? Because a lot of people say, I, I just can't cope. I'm yeah. overwhelmed. And I, I think that the way kind of what you mentioned moving forward through that, you know, you can't stop it. You just have to keep going through is what exactly is it that you can't cope with? And then when you can distinguish and determine what it is that you actually can't cope with, then you've got things to work with. Just by saying, I just can't cope, you're, you're stuck in this cloud, this never ending cloud. Whereas actually, as soon as you can sell, well, that's kind of on my mind and that's on my mind. You're taking this one big cloud and separating it into smaller clouds, which actually mean that you can see the sunshine because you can eventually, you know, focus on these clouds and remove them. That, that has massively helped me. And I, I would advise anyone that is feeling a little bit lost or a little bit so they can't cope with whatever it is, find the, you know, write down the specifics of what they think they can't cope with or, or the actual things they can't cope with. And how can you help yourself navigate through those individual issues? Yeah, I mean, that is huge, huge, huge. And and I, I've actually not heard it put that way before. And I really appreciate that refreshing take on it because there is a lot of this aspect of we look at our doubts, we look at our fears, look at all the things that, that panic us and, and allow us to feel that we can't cope. Giving yourselves those action forwards it, it has to be essential, right? It has to be, otherwise you just stay there. And, and that and that is the case. Yeah. Take a moment to download the Just Breathe app with guided meditations, music, and soundtracks created and recorded especially to calm the mind and ease the body. We've literally put the power of mindfulness in the palm of your hands, and even more, it's free. We've created this app as a way to support our growing community, and it is for anyone and everyone ready to step into a quieter conversation. So go ahead and download the app now. It's on iPhone and Android devices. And for more information about our growing conversation on and offline, make sure you visit justbreatheproject.com, where you'll find more podcasts, lots of amazing stories and video content, and conversations all around mindfulness in the real world. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at TrustBreed. I mean, this idea that we're talking about when we're talking about the, you know, the themes of gentleness and kindness and being a little bit more uh, appreciative from an outset, people can, can, can sometimes think that being a bit too nice, being a bit too gentle is a weakness or it's the, the opposite of getting any, getting anywhere in life or being successful. I mean, have you had experiences with that or did you used to not be like that? I mean, where do you sit with that? I definitely think I've had experiences of that for sure. Um, I mean, growing up, I was bullied quite a lot at school and that kind of, I kind of take that back to the fact that I was quite quiet, quite shy. I was just like a, a nice little girl. I was just nice, but I gravitated towards stronger characters and personalities who I now can see actually saw me as a weakness and saw that kindness as, oh, she isn't going to be an easy target. Also, I think it probably came around maybe to a little bit of jealousy because I had my dancing that I was good at, as everyone told me. And I think as I've got older, I do sometimes think that unfortunately, kind people can be taken advantage of. And it's really unfortunate if you happen to come across 
someone that does take advantage of that and you know I I think it's kind of part of life unfortunately that we have to experience those people but what I have really really tried to do is to not allow the nastiness and I guess unfortunate nature of other people turn me bitter or turn me cold Mm. kind of don't reflect hate with more hate Um, and it's taken a while it really has and you know I've I've definitely had my moments of where I just want to lash out or I just want to be a little bit nasty but I think you know in in the long run it's kind of like you're drinking the poison and hoping the other person is going to suffer you know like you just you've just got to take in what they're saying fine okay I I feel sad for you that you feel like that yeah but I'm not going to let it change who I know I am in my core so the the kindness for me is is above anything else that I think you could be and like I said it's unfortunate if you do come across people like that but it doesn't have to mean that you it doesn't mean that you should be less kind yeah and and I think it goes to show as well and it's kind of a a, uh, I think quite an interesting revelation as well is that you know if you if you ask people who they most admire in their lives and I'll ask you this in a moment if you ask people who they most admire in their lives usually the qualities that those people keep are kindness gentleness you know compassion empathy it's not like oh i admire this person because they got really cool shoes right you know what i mean <laughs> and, and and so in that same question for you i mean who who in your life do do you admire who do you go to for a sense of support it's funny because when you we're starting that I was thinking oh, I wonder where he's going with this and I thought oh who do I admire the most and then you went on to say it's the people with the kindness and for me it would be my parents and my family my, my older sister the the three people my mum dad and sister who have only sh- who have showed me more love in the, my whole time on this planet than anyone else and that would be why I part of the reason why I admire them yes for their strengths and you know their um, ability to to navigate through hard times but ultimately I think a a lot of people would probably say I admire my mum or my dad or you know a sibling or a partner maybe and it usually is yeah the people that also show us the kindness and love we are that we then admire and are inspired by those people rather than yeah I mean my dad hasn't got the best dress sense but you know that's okay it's it's a work in progress we're getting there you know it really does come down to to the, the kindness, which actually I didn't really know where you were going to yeah, yeah. go with that. But it's funny that, you know, then when you say that, it, it's true. The people that I think of most, yeah, are the people that have also shown that kindness to me. I want to be more like those people. Yeah. And it's those people. And thank you for sharing that. I mean, it's those people that make us feel like we belong to something, that we're a part of something, that we are loved in the sense of, you know, we're all humans from the same place, even if we're not related to them. And I think what's really special about you and what you've created with your your online stuff and your content stuff is that you lead very much from a place of community, belonging, letting people feel not only that they can see who you are, and, and I know this because, you know, we did a little bit of looking around before we started, but, like, <laughs> but you actually, you know, you, you talk to people back, you acknowledge conversations, you don't just give, give the sugar-coated answer, you go, actually, this is a shitty situation, but you know what? It happens to me all the time, whatever it is. I mean, is that intentional or is that just natural? I think it's a little bit of both, if I'm honest. I think naturally I I like to help people. And it maybe some people have said it's a fault of mine. That I'm a bit of a people pleaser. I always want to be able to 
offer something to someone because if it can make them a little bit happier, it makes me happier. So I think, you know, that that's part of it. But also when I was growing up, I say that as though I'm like 70, you know, <laughs> 15 years ago or so, you know, social media wasn't that prevalent. We did, it wasn't really a thing. And what I would have given to be able to, especially as a girl that was bullied at school, that I went to quite a good grammar school where you went to that school if you were going to be a doctor or a lawyer. You know, my sister also went, she's now a lawyer, a surgeon, those sorts of jobs. You didn't go there and then leave to pursue a career in dance. So I have quite often felt as though I didn't maybe fit in. And then when I went to ballet school, I was, I think, the only mixed race girl in my class. And obviously you know it's not so so much now but back then you know you didn't really have black ballet dancers or mixed race ballet dancers because our anatomy Mm -hmm. just didn't really fit the ideal stereotype of what a ballet ballerina should be so I've always had I think this feeling of not fitting in and so now that I'm in a, a position of responsibility and influence I want to kind of reach out a hand to all of the 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 me's in the world and go do you know what you might feel like you don't fit in but here you do and it's okay and you can feel a little bit silly sometimes you can you can do a Wednesday wiggle or or any day if you want to have a little wiggle around and dance around because it just makes you feel good you don't need to be the best dancer or you know you can try these workouts you don't have to go to a gym or you don't have to be the strongest person in the room or all of those those people are who I'd like to think are my my people online. Like that's the community yeah. that I I want for. I think predominantly, you know, of course, it's a space for anyone to join, but especially those people that maybe feel a little bit like that. Like I've got you back. I'm here yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's really lovely to hear because I think it is important. You know, and I know a majority of the stuff you do is in an online space, but we live in a, in a offline world. Like we are humans in, in space, right. You can touch your shoulders and your toes. And and I find that a a question that I have that that follows that and from what you story you've just shared, it asked me a few questions because you, by nature of choice or by circumstance, you've always been in a position where people almost have had permission to tell you their opinions about you. Does that make sense? Being mixed race, being in a, in a grammar school where you're the Ottoman out going to a dance academy, putting yourself out on social media. And so probably more than most people, people almost feel like they have this permission to tell you what they think about you. Absolutely. And so how do you deal with that? I've never really thought about just how much I have been put in those situations. Now that you've literally just said it, I've never really thought, about the I guess the common thread throughout pretty much my most of my childhood and all of my adult life so I think in answer to that I've I've never known any different so I I wouldn't necessarily know how I've dealt with it because I've only ever known that from such a young age what I would say and and I'd have to credit the people around me, it kind of goes back to your previous question about those that you admire, that the people around me who maybe have seen it from, you know, the the view set point of of yourself looking from the outside and have gone, oh my God, how is this girl dealing with all of this? It's just a lot, you know, and they are the ones that are closest to me that 
can say I think you know maybe this is how you could mm. deal with it or this is how I might would deal with it you know especially someone like my sister who will tell me regardless of what sort of day I'm having if she thinks something I'm doing is awful and I'm already feeling low she will still tell me you know sure, I, yeah. I think that that is really refreshing to be able to have that raw honesty and openness with you know just one or two people doesn't have to be with everyone and I think that has really helped me navigate through when I have felt so yeah I guess I mean maybe maybe not judged is is quite a strong word but just been told who I should be or or the, the type of person that I am yeah and I'd like to think that it's I've built up a resilience over the years but I don't think it's something you ever really kind of get used to yeah. because it's, it's not, it's not the norm to have so yeah. many people telling you. And that's the thing is, and, and, and the reason I brought it up is because I had a little inclination that you might, again, like you said, like not realize that, that nature of it. And I don't think by any means it's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, like there's an old adage that says a fish doesn't know it's in water because it just is. Right. Yeah. But, you know, from an outsider looking in, you have that strength and resilience because you are in that, in, in those positions where people feel that kind of permission to tell you their thoughts. But speaking to you now and knowing a little bit about you before, again, I actually think maybe the greatest quality that's come from it is this sense of gentleness and kindness and compassion because of how much you maybe haven't even realized just you think this is how life is for me and for everyone. Everyone just tells me that this isn't good or that's great. Like you have, you know, the voices around. Ignorance is bliss. And I feel like maybe right now that is what I've experienced. I have been unaware of it. So I've just kind of carried on by myself just walking down this little road of life like okay sure we're gonna come across a few bad things but it's all right and it's like doesn't everyone have people telling them mm. what they think of them you know like yeah. it's, it's kind of what I've, mm. I've always I've always known but and I think that is and this is the essence of these little podcasts is that, that I mean that that's your wisdom there's a lot of wisdom that you don't even realize that you possess that the rest of the world would never even think they would have to deal with. And you just go, oh, well, this is just, this is just life. This is just what I know. And I think, you know, by having these kind of conversations or having moments where we kind of pull ourselves back and come back to quieter moments, we can actually go, these are things that I actually do know. These are things that I, I feel like can be helpful. These are the things that I can be of service to the people around me or in my communities you know, already through this chat, for me, I've I've learned a lot about you. I've learned a lot about, you know, seeing the world in different ways. And for me, that's why I think it's really important to be able to have these conversations, not just tell me all the things you do in life. One question I had for you, and this is what I love to ask everyone is, is what's the greatest piece of advice you've ever been given? The greatest piece. Oh, I don't know. I have been given a lot of good advice. Or a great Um, piece. One thing that actually I posted on my Instagram story this morning, which is actually funnily enough, it was that, and it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. People are going to assume what they want of you anyway, like regardless. So you may as well do what you want. Mm. That I think, you know, it, it, maybe that's only the case for me because I seem to be in that world. But even if you're not, you know, you don't have to have that many followers on social media. Still, you're going to come across people and they are going to assume what they want about you. So you may as well kind of go and do what you want 
because that you you can't change their assumptions of you if that's their instant thoughts. So I think that would be one. Um, what else? I can only think of like things that maybe my my mum has said to me on times that I've I've wanted to react to something and she always would would just say like just be kind always yeah. be kind comma always like yeah. that, that's the answer Lovely. yeah i mean it's so simple and it's so true i mean i think a lot of this comes from as well this place of and and for listeners they know because i ask this question quite often is that as we start to become more and more aware of ourselves as human beings i think one of the most powerful questions that we can answer for ourselves is what are you not? What am I not? I'm not perfect. <laughs> Despite a lot of people seeming to, you know, lovely that a lot of people kind of will send me a message and go, oh, you're just everything's so perfect for you. I ha- have not figured it all out. I know that, but I, I'm, I'm kind of happy about that. I'm excited that I haven't yeah. figured it all out, you know? See, and that right there is actually what I love about you is that you just said, I, I'm not perfect. I haven't figured it out, but I'm excited about that. That, that sense of awareness and ownership is a really powerful, I'm not going to say skill. It's a powerful place to be, right? Because life tells you, you should be perfect. And we can easily say, oh, I'm not perfect, but there's always little voices in our head that oh, I should be a bit better than this. But, and, and even in this kind of chat, I mean, what I love is that all the times that we are having these questions, hey, whatever your answers are, you're still saying, and I'm okay with that. And that's, that's life. And there's a lot of strength in that, that maybe you don't even realize. A lot of people don't realize within themselves. And I think we need to cultivate more of that in louder conversations, yeah. as opposed to just stopping at, I know I'm not perfect. Tell me more. Be okay with that. Celebrate that. Yeah, there, there kind of needs to be like an acceptance, you know. You don't have to accept it and sit. You can still accept it and want to, like what we were saying earlier. Yeah, and act, yeah. And, yeah, and act and, and, and progress. But, yeah, it's the the acceptance of this is where I'm at. Um, and actually Erin, again, going back to her, has always said you are exactly where you are meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really powerful and strong. Yeah, absolutely. Danielle, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to share with us and have a conversation. I mean, it's really, really important for me to be able to have more conversations from all walks of life that actually celebrate what it means to be a bit more human. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been lovely. And I've, yeah, I've learned a lot about myself. So thank you so much. It's been incredible. Beautiful. And for you guys listening at home, um, if you want to find out more or get connected with Danielle and the, and who she is, um, D, where's the best places to find you? So you can follow me on social media at Danielle Pisa, or you can find my fitness method, which is at Danielle Pisa method. Wonderful. All right, guys, and we'll also put that in the show notes and on the post so everyone knows where and how to connect. As always, with our conversations each week, you know, we really try to get to the spirit of of who people are, the collective wisdoms that we can learn in conversations, and really start to build ways that we can be better off together. So thanks again, Danielle. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time on The Quiet Life.